Hello, everybody. Michael Lombardo here. Welcome to Awaken Podcast. We are currently in a series entitled First Love Fire, and so we are diving in today. There is only one episode left. This is a 10-part series. I think the longest I did before this is maybe a four- or five-part series um, back in 2020, but I decided to start the year with a very long series entitled First Love Fire, talking about returning to our first love. That first love does not need to be a honeymoon phase in our lives where we encounter the Lord one time and we, you know, are in this in this place of romance and sweetness with the Lord, and then you know, uh, six months later, we just go back to dry, mundane religion, going through the motions, slipping back in the sinful behaviors. We can live on fire for Jesus, and there's biblical precedents for this. And so, the foundation I laid in part one about how you know what is the fire of God? It's His passion, and just laying that foundation of this is a lie. Is no honeymoon phases in this relationship with the Lord. It can grow. We can go from glory to glory, faith to faith. And so, and then from there, I broke down hindrances. There's very common hindrances. The Bible outlines in our lives that hold us back from and hinder us from living in that place. And so this is part 10. This is the last uh, part right now. And I'm going to be talking about returning to your first love. And I'm going to read Revelation 2 verses 2 through 7. But if you are new to the show, there's a new episode every Monday and Thursday streaming through charismapodcastnetwork.com. You could also download the Charisma Plus app for free and you can get all of our content on there as well. You can go to Google, Spotify, Apple Play, Google Podcasts, pretty much anywhere the podcasts are listened to to tap in to all of the episodes. We've got hundreds of hours of content there. Um, on all those different streaming networks, on Audible, etc. And so now I will dive in. I will get into Revelation chapter 2. I'm going to read verses 2 through 7. This is Jesus speaking to the church. Um, so he is speaking to the church. He is he is encouraging them. He is strengthening them. He is correcting them. And these words reverberate clearly to us today as well. This is not just for a church in those times, even though it was for a church in those times, but it is also for the church today. That is why it is in the word of God. That is why it is in the canon of scripture, because these words need to pierce our hearts and speak to us today. And so Revelation 2, verses 2 through 7, this is the Lord Jesus speaking to the body of Christ. And so we need to heed these words and receive them as coming to us. And it goes like this, I know your deeds and your labor and perseverance, that you cannot tolerate evil people and that you have put those who call themselves apostles to the test and they are not and you found them to be false and you have perseverance and you have endured on account of my name and you have not become weary, but I have this against you that you have left your first love. This is a foundational scripture for us, guys. I spoke about this in part one and now we're going to break it down a little bit more here. You have left your first love. He has this against you, he says. Therefore, remember from where you have fallen and repent and do the deeds you did at first or else I am coming to you and I'll remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. But you have this, that you hate the deeds, the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. And the one who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who overcomes, I will grant to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. So the Lord, he starts out this letter. There's a little bit of a sandwich approach here. If you're a pastor, leader, mentor, you know, teacher, in any way, shape, or form, you kind of understand this approach, okay? This coaching format. When you are to correct somebody, you are not only to bring out your critical judgment and your correction, but you are to sandwich it, okay, um, with encouragement, 
And so that's what the Lord did here. He said, I know your labor, your perseverance. He is pointing out and highlighting all the amazing things about this church, saying you're doing this right. Keep doing this. I applaud you. I cheer you on. You're doing amazing things here. You call out false apostles. You put them to the test. You found them to be false. You've persevered. You have endured on account of my name. You have not become weary in well-doing. I know your deeds. I know your labor. I know your perseverance. Imagine the Lord saying that to you in a season where you feel dry and burnt out and famished. You say, the Lord says, I know your deeds. I know your labor. I see you. I am with you. I am applauding you. I'm cheering you on. I'm encouraging you. You're doing a wonderful job in all of these different ways. This is Beautiful. This is an encouragement straight from the heart of your God, the infinite one, the one who has no beginning, who has no end. He's the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, um, our immutable God, our invincible God who is transcendent. He is saying, I know you, little one. I know you and your deeds, your labor and your perseverance. So we need to take this as, as an encouragement and a blast of encouragement from Jesus. He sees us. He is, he is, um, enjoying um, seeing our faithfulness to him. He is taking account of these things. He is remembering them. He will not forget all the things we've done for his name. These are eternal. They have eternal reward as well as natural rewards in this life. The Lord will bless us in this life and in the life to come. He said many times in parables when Jesus walked this earth, he said the things that we do, leaving friends, families, um, leaving our farms, leaving our natural, you know, just following him wholeheartedly reaps eternal and natural blessings. And so that's what he's saying right here. But he's saying this one thing. Now, now here's the part, you know, he's diving in to bring some uh, correction, some shifting, some changing. He's saying you have left your first love, therefore repent. The word repent does not mean get on your knees, sackcloth and ashes, tear your, your clothes, cry, weep, mourn. It could look like getting emotional. It could look like crying and being open before God 100%, but it doesn't have to look like that. You don't need to beat your chest and scream and just, it's not about remorse. It's not about any of that. Repentance has to do with the changing of your mind. Change your mind. If you could change your mind, then you'll change your actions. And he's saying, don't do things like you have been doing them. Do things differently. Return to me. It's about intimacy. It's not about work. It's about intimacy. You're doing great work. I'm encouraging you in your work. You're doing fantastic work, but the work is the byproduct. The work is the fruit. The root is knowing Jesus intimately. This is eternal life, to know Jesus and the one whom he sent. That's found in the Gospel of John. And so all fruitfulness flows from intimacy. So he's saying you're doing great work. It is pure work. Um, don't change that, but return to your first love. And then when it's talking about a lampstand, removing, if you do not do these things, if you do not, then I will remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. And so... The removal of the lampstand has nothing to do with salvation. He's not saying you're going to lose your salvation. I'm going to take away your salvation. You're going to hell if you don't do this. That is not what he is saying. What he is saying here is you have mighty influence in this city, in this area. You are a great light. You are a city set on a hill. Jesus says many times that we are a city set on a hill, shining brightly for the dark world to see. That is the church. We're supposed to be a city set on a hill. doesn't always work like that. <laughs> and then we don't always have a reputation there, but some the church church should have a reputation to be a city set upon a hill shining brightly for a dark world to see and he's saying you guys have you guys have a reputation you guys are a light where you are but if you do not have intimacy with me if you do not go back to your place of burning for me in first love passion if that does not 
increase in your life and you return to that, then your influence will be taken away from you, saying you will not have that same influence, okay? You will, your, your light will get, um, it will, will, will begin to diminish, get dimmer and dimmer and dimmer, and you will not be able to be that lampstand set on a table that lights up the entire room anymore, all right? So it's not a threat as much as it is, man, your, your authority and your light is going to diminish and you're not going to be that city set in a hill that you desire to be, that you long to be if you do not get this right. And then he ends it with more encouragement, but it's less of an encouragement and it's more of an eternal promise. Those who have ears to hear, let them hear what Jesus and the spirit of God is saying to the churches. But then he says, but the one who overcomes... I will grant to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. So there is an eternal reward, a spiritual promise attached to this. And so there is a little bit of a formula here, okay? There is a little bit of a formula here. And this formula is not meant to be where, you know, we're earning salvation by doing this, or we are earning God's love or earning God's pleasure or earning God's power and anointing by doing this. But there is something to... um what Jesus said here in this passage. He actually gives us a little bit of a formula by saying, remember where you have fallen and repent and do the deeds you did at first. How do I, how do I return to my first love? How do I get ignited again for the presence of God and the love of God? How? Do the deeds you did at first. Do you guys remember when you got saved, when you first encountered the Lord, the lifestyle that you were living? You couldn't stop devouring the scriptures. You prioritized the presence of God above all else in your life. You were telling all of your friends and all of your family members about the Lord and how he changed you and what the word of God says. You don't want to talk about anything besides Jesus. <laughs> like that's, that's legitimately what happens to so many people, all people that have a true and authentic encounter with God. Your heart is set ablaze. You try to remove yourselves from settings and situations that are ungodly. You stop wasting time on frivolous things that don't have spiritual benefit. You pull away from certain carnal music. You pull away from, you know, you try to stop drinking and doing drugs and the things that you were doing before. And the Lord puts convictions in you, cleans up the way you talk, cleans up the way you think, but you're passionate about it. You're committed to it. And there's so many things, you know, you're looking for Jesus in everything that you do. You're praying throughout the day. You're praying in tongues. You're fasting. You're putting on worship music and worshiping him. You're giving outrageously. You go to churches. I don't care. God will give it back. He'll increase it. You give money to church and people that are in need. You go on outreaches. All right. You're going to church every Sunday. It doesn't matter what happens. If there's a blizzard, you are getting to church. Okay. Because that's just what you want to be surrounded by a community of believers. You want to worship in in a, in a community sense, and, and, and you want to be in that in that place, you you get plugged into ministry. You want to go. You want to go through all the classes at church, and that's how that's most of our experiences. I think a lot of our experiences when we encounter the Lord, we get born again because He takes your heart of stone, He removes it, and He gives you a heart of flesh. He puts on the inside of you the spirit that loves Jesus, that wants to do what's right, to live righteously, and a, a spirit that hates wickedness and hates the things of this, you know, the, the evil, sinful things. Of this world. You want to live for the Lord. There's a new DNA on the inside of us. It is not of Adam. It is of Jesus Christ. There's a DNA to crave the things of God, to get to know God, to get to know his spirit, his mind, his word. We want to get around people that can motivate us, encourage us, people who are mature in God. We want to be mentored. There's all these beautiful things that come out of us. You know, we we start to not want to do certain things. We want to start to do things that we've never wanted to do before. And so we have this 
appetite for adventure and for sharing the gospel and for doing radical things and following Jesus. And so when Jesus says, do the things you did at first, he's not saying that you're going to earn God's love. You're going to earn God's favor. You're going to earn God's blessing. You're going to earn God's presence. He is not saying that. He's just saying all of these things that God has given us. And I tapped into this last year on one of our series when I talked about the fullness of God, the completeness of God. You know, I spoke about how fasting and prayer and intercession and evangelism and Bible reading and all of these things, worship and content and and, uh, and and a contemplative prayer and silence and soaking, whatever your your language or lingo is for that, that these things do not earn the anointing, do not earn the word of God, you know, into our lives, do not, you know, um, you know, earn God's love and favor in our lives. But these things are tools that God has given us that focus our attention and affection on Jesus, his word, his truth. And Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. Jesus is the power of God. The gospel is the power of God. It's foolishness, you know, for the world, but it is a power of God for those who believe. And so fasting and Bible reading and prayer and evangelism and worship and all of these things, praying in the spirit and contemplative prayer, they are all a means to focus our attention and affection upon him who is worthy. And when we look upon him, when we spend time with him, when we devour the truth and we spend time with the truth and we begin to manifest his nature, as we see him, we become just like him, as the scripture says in 1 John. And so as we behold him, we are conformed unto his very image and likeness. We begin to manifest his traits, his nature, his attributes. We mature, we grow, you know, sinful mentalities and attitudes break off of us. And so what Jesus is saying here is do those things. You're not earning my love. You're not earning my favor. I already love you. You're blessed. I'm, I'm encouraged by you. I'm cheering you on. But if you want to stay on fire, you got to focus on the fire. You got to get around the fire. And so he's saying, you know, we got to prioritize prayer. Go back to his presence. Start devouring the word again. It, it might it might feel like a discipline at first. It might feel like a discipline at first. Um, in terms of you have to make yourself do it because maybe you've spent a lot of time entertainment watching binging shows. I'm not against those things. Okay. I've, I've binged plenty of shows. I've watched Netflix and me and my wife spend time together and we, we go out. I've got a lot of time, spent a lot of time with my family and we've got hobbies and things that we do and all of that. And all that is good. God has given us these amazing blessings, but I'm just saying that if you are, you know, after, you know, a lot, after a period of time, we begin to form habits. And if our habit is in the morning, we just get right to work. We look at our phones and then in the evening, we're just watching TV. We're not, we're shutting life out. You know, if we form those habit habits, it's hard to break those habits. And so, you know, I used to wake up and spend time in the word for an hour before I got to work. And then in the evening, I'd spend more time, you know, in the word or spending time in prayer in the presence of God. And we have to develop those habits again. We have to break off the old habits and develop new habits. And it takes a little bit of time, just like eating healthy or going to the gym. You have to discipline yourself to do those things, but over time it becomes a delight. It becomes something we enjoy. We see the results and those results are beautiful. Those results are strengthening. Those those, those results, we enjoy the results, right? We begin to see those results. And so, you know, there's just things that we can do. You know, what did you do? Do you love to spend time in worship, to gaze upon Jesus, to sing his praises, to give him thanks? Like, is it giving? Do you need to start giving again because you've gotten stingy? Do you need to spend time praying in the Holy Spirit throughout your day like you used to and you haven't done that in years? Do you need to prioritize time in the word and do you need to be quiet in God's presence again and meditate upon him? The things, do you need to start telling people and strengthening, you know, um, motivating yourself, sorry, to tell people about the Lord again? What is it? What does it need? 
Like, because I'm telling you right now, this is a very powerful truth, a very powerful truth that we always start from where we ended off with the Lord. If you go through a dark season in your life where you feel like you've turned your heart from God and you've pursued other things and you've maybe been hard-hearted or bitter towards the Lord, if you went through a dark season after years and years of loving Him and maturing and growing in the Lord, just because you had a dark season where you pulled away from the presence of God in His heart for you doesn't mean you start from level one again. It doesn't mean you start, you know, your your relationship with God was dismantled and deconstructed and you've digging yourself too deep in a hole that you have to dig yourself out of. That is not it at all. When we just one moment in just being with God, one moment of just prayer and worship and just turning and repentance, in that moment of repentance, we start where we ended. All right? You know where our, our posture is with God? You know what our position is with God? In the heavenly places, we are seated in Christ at the right hand of the Father. We do not decrease and increase dependent, you know, on our behavior, whether we're, you know, doing right or we're doing wrong. You know, we're not being deconstructed and reconstructed day by day as we make individual decisions. No, we've received fullness and grace upon grace. We never we never lose our ground with the Lord. We never lose our right standing with God. We never lose our exalted position because it wasn't based on performance. It was based on his love. It was based on his completed work that we cannot add to and we cannot take away from. That's amazing. It is, I'm awestruck. I, it's, it's a fearful thing. It is a beautiful thing that independent of who I am, what I do, my behavior, my performance, that I am in Christ and Christ is in me and my identity is secure, not because of what I can do, but because what he has done. That is remarkable. We should be mind blown. That is extraordinary. That even if we have dark seasons and we turn from the Lord and we sin and we're trapped in this and that, that he does not leave us. He does not turn his back from us. He does not fly away. It's not like he's like not on the inside of us. No, he's inside of us while we're in that dark season. He is with us while we're in that dark season. And we do not diminish, but we increase as we turn back to the Lord. We continue where we left off. We're just building upon um, season. I got to figure out the best way to say this. You know, every single moment in our life, we're just building upon what he did in the previous season. Doesn't matter if you do it perfectly. It doesn't matter if you mess up the plot altogether. He is still building upon what he has already done on the inside of us. Our behavior does not nullify what he did in a previous season. I hope that makes sense. What we're doing in this season, whether it's negative or sinful, does not nullify what he did in a previous season in our lives. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are the house of God. Jesus is the cornerstone, but we are being built up into a home and everything he's doing in us is just stone upon stone upon stone upon stone upon stone. And we're being built up into a holy temple and tabernacle of God. And so it's just, do not worry about what you did in this season. Like you just ruined your chances of being called by God and, and you don't have a hope anymore. You're just starting from scratch. You never start from scratch. (laughs) You never, because it's Christ in you. It's because it's completed work. You're perfected by his sacrifice. And so we always continue and proceed from the place of where we left off. Okay. That is a beautiful truth. And I believe that'll set a lot of people free right there. And so simple as that. Do you want to return to your first love? Do you want to have your heart ignited again? Discipline yourself to get back into the word, get back into his presence, fast again, spend time with him, 
pull away from the things that are polluting your mind, the shows, the movies, the the TV, even the people sometimes that pollute your mind, that are dragging you down, that are bogging you down. Come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord, and I'll receive you uh, as a father receives a son. That's what the scriptures say. There's times and seasons of our life where we need to separate from the people who are negatively influencing us and are poisoning our mind and pulling us away from the Lord, and we need to get around godly people that are encouraging us and motivating us forward into the things of God. Go ahead, share the gospel again. You uh, you don't need to be perfect to share the gospel. Share the gospel as you are. You don't need to have everything right before you can be a mouthpiece for God. Pray in the spirit. Listen to worship. Worship the Lord in spirit and truth. Start giving again. Get back into church. Use your giftings. Come on, go after this thing full force and know that there is not this merit system. There's not a merit system. You're not earning your way into heaven. You're not earning yourself, um, you know, you're not earning yourself a pass into heaven and you are not trying to keep yourself into that in 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 that place as well you are held and you are secure and you are complete because of Christ's work and his work alone but doing all of these things that i mentioned will lock your gaze again upon him who is worthy and he is the author and finisher of your faith as you lock your eyes upon him your faith will grow as you lock your eyes upon him and use the tools that he has given us to strengthen your spirit to strengthen your gaze back upon him as you use these tools you return to your first love you do the things you did at first these things will again reignite your heart to be able to stay in that place of first love passion and fire and so if you have any questions you can go to our website you can email us you can ask questions but this is the end of our series here it's very important that we just prioritize him get in his word you know, pull away and separate ourselves from the things that are polluting our minds and pulling us from god get into worship get around godly people you know and and to be honest and open with the lord let him deal with your heart deal with your pain all of the hindrances that we spoke about offenses disappointment religion bad theology you know bad um cor- uh, we are corrupted by by bad company and all these different things pretty much the opposite of those things of those hindrances are things that catapult you forward instead of getting around bad company that corrupts morals get around good company that promotes godly morals and strengthens you and sharpens you in your faith with god instead of you know hanging and meditating on those disappointments and offenses release those offenses to the holy spirit get around people who will comfort you and counsel you so you can move forward in your passion for the lord jesus christ and instead of focusing on theology that makes god out to be an evil taskmaster that is putting you through this hamster wheel of performance and religion no get into the word of god into the finished work of christ into his grace his unconditional love his favor that is on your life independent of your performance focus on those things so if you literally do the opposite of every hindrance that i spoke about in this series then that will also draw your heart back to a place of being healthy and complete in the lord where you could receive from him we all want to be good receivers you got to say that sometimes god make me a good receiver i want to receive from you i want to receive from others give me the humility of heart um, to, to receive all of the grace and all the blessings. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of lights. And so, God, every good and perfect gift you want to lavish upon me, make me a good receiver. I want the humility to receive everything you want to pour out into my life. And God, I want to walk in the fear of the Lord so I could shun evil. I want to tremble before you. I want to honor you with the highest respect. And I want to be in awe, stand in awe of who you are and what you've done so that I can truly live a holy life and I could abide in your presence and I could you know, I could share the gospel because woe is me if I don't share this beautiful gospel. If I fear you, God, I will not fear man and fear man's opinion. And so this is this is huge. 
And so make sure you listen to previous episodes if you have not. But this is the close of First Love Fire series. This is part 10. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you received from it, gleaned some insight, revelation, and knowledge that has formed the way you think, that has broken off some false mentalities to push you forward into the fullness of what God has for you in this time, in this season. This is what the Lord is doing in this hour in his church. He is centralizing us on Christ the gospel of Jesus Christ, breaking off religion, breaking off complacency, breaking off lies and doubts, and he is pushing us forward into a healthy walk with him where we could literally be complete in him and manifest that to the world around us. So bless you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It'll really help. It'll be a blessing so we can get this out to more people. Take two seconds and just subscribe. I don't know where you're on Spotify or whether you're on Apple Podcasts, but subscribe, rate, review it. Leave a two-sentence review. Just, hey, the podcast has been a blessing to me, whatever it is, so we can get this out to more people so they can see it. And so that'll be a huge blessing. And so um, we want to talk to you guys next time. My desire is that you'll be awakened to the beautiful gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I'll see you guys next time on Awaken Podcast. Hello, let me tell you about this amazing online store, The Hope Filled Journey. You'll definitely want to check it out today. Michelle and Renee Torres, they started up this online store in obedience to the Holy Spirit in the midst of a crazy year, like we all know. Uh, full-time jobs, raising four children, and they stepped out in faith, and God is honoring them every step of the way. You go to www.thehopevilledjourney.com. It's where you'll find extraordinary products, clothes, fashion accessories, jewelry, and more. Their goal is to inspire faith through their product line as well as high quality and all they do and produce, which we know is very, very important. Um, check it out today, thehopefilledjourney.com, and you'll get $10 off when you spend $50 or more. And you'll also get $20 off of your purchase if you spend $100 or more with promo code AWAKEN. So go to www.thehopefilledjourney.com. You'll get $10 off when you spend $50 or more, and you'll get $20 off if, with, with a purchase of $100 or more with promo code AWAKEN. I highly recommend it. It's an incredible store, so make sure to go to thehopefilledjourney.com today.